Welcome to the I-80 Club podcast. Uh, a little bit of a, 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 oh, a quirk in the schedule here this week as uh, we are recording this on a Wednesday night. We're recording this on October 12th, 2022. Uh, so you may be hearing it a little bit later than that. Now, normally in the I-80 Club, we do podcasts Saturday morning, Saturday night, Monday night. Uh, but depending on times of games, depending on travel schedules, those sorts of things, uh, we do change them occasionally, and we thank our members for being flexible with us and doing that, and that's what we're doing this time because uh, Josh is now back from Chicago. He was gone this weekend running the half marathon, or excuse me, the marathon very successfully, qualifying for Boston, and here we are back. Uh, Haven't yet talked about the Rutgers game. We're going to do that tonight. Haven't yet really talked about the Purdue game a whole lot in the I-80 clubs. We're going to uh, do that tonight and everything else that is going on. Uh, I just want to point out, if you want to hear these live, if you want to hear them immediately and you are listening to a delayed version right now, you can do that. All you need to do is go to patreon.com slash I-80 club. And for a mere 3 or $5 a month, you can uh, be a part of these podcasts live when they're recorded in the live uh, studio Discord audience. Be a part of the chat. You'll hear our members who are chatting with us throughout the course of the show tonight. And you'll get immediate access to every podcast that we record in the I-80 Club. You won't have to wait three or four days. So if you'd like to be a member, plus you get the whole Discord community that comes along with it, which is very active 24-7. We have a lot of good times with. Uh, hello, Josh. How are we doing? Good, man. How are you? I am good. I am good. I, I, like, big ga- it's big game week, isn't it? Dude, I, like, huge game. Wh- I, this is a this is weird. I feel I feel like people aren't really t- and I know I kind of feel this way as uh, you know I I feel like Nebraska's got a real uphill battle on this, but I feel like not enough people are talking about how potentially huge this win could be on on Saturday if they somehow pull it off. Is it uh, is it because as I formation says, but is it a wonderful game? Uh, d- is it is it because they just don't think it's going to happen, so I, that they haven't really gone down the uh, the area? Honestly, it? do you want to know something why? really dumb? Is that like the Vegas line really impacted how I thought about this game? You think so? I think it. I think it sort of did, like, it, like implicitly a little bit for me. Because I figure that you of all people would view the line and say, like, you idiots. Nebraska's going to win this game. But yeah, but you, I don't. Re- you think it's affecting how you're viewing it? That you're like, oh man, maybe it's just not in that's, the cards. I think I've. I think. I think that's a little bit why. Yes, I think. I think that has happened to some mm. degree. Like that, it's been so far above where I thought it would be. Um, yeah, and I'm it is like, a huge. I'm line. like, what am I missing here? Yeah, see, it's funny. John and I talked about it today because it's the first time I have a chance to talk about it, and uh, the the line to meet like. If, let's pretend all week it's at seven. I could very well see this uh, as a game where on Friday I would have been like, all right, yeah, so I'll pick I'll pick Purdue to win, you know, by 13, 14 points. And yeah. that doesn't sound like crazy to say, like, a team that's favored by seven wins by two touchdowns, right? But there's just something mentally, like almost a hurdle, where you're like, what? 14 points or 13 yeah. and a half points? Purdue at home over Nebraska. So I understand how it's affected you mentally because I guess it's done the exact same thing for me, even though I think originally I would have probably pegged Purdue as a two touchdown winner, just not as a two touchdown favorite. I don't know what I expected. I wish I wish I had discussed this. We didn't do a show. We we often do this on Saturday nights when we have a show, but like I think I probably expected like 
seven and a half, eight? Is that kind of what mm-hmm. you expected? Yeah, that that's I think where I would have guessed. I would have guessed around a touchdown, maybe a touchdown and a half, but not. I mean, not basically two touchdowns. That that definitely would have. Yeah. Shot. So it's. I don't know if it's got me. For, what I need to snap out of it is what I need to do. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I need to snap out of it. This is a big. This is a huge, huge opportunity to completely. I mean. Not completely, but really get on track to redeem the season in the way that you didn't think think was possible and really make some fun that you didn't think was going to be possible in this season. And I know we think about it so much in terms of what it means for the coaching search, and we'll get into all that, Josh. But for God's sake, for, I mean, ju- just for having some fun in a football season that you legit haven't had for years – where you're in the middle of a division race or leading a division race into late October, that's what's at stake here. Well, yeah, I'd say there's two things beyond the coaching search because that's the obvious third, but two things. The first one is we've had a lot of fun, I think, you and I and and everyone else the last few weeks saying like, oh, man, you know, because DW just says we're in first place in the West, Jack. Act like it. It's like we've (laughs) we've had some fun. There's been like a lot of tongue-in-cheek, right? Like, Oh, yeah. hey, they're in it's first place sort of in the division. It's sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and like I, even Mickey Joseph was like, hey, it's a fake for first place. Like, So we've all – I feel like we've all been in on the joke together. Ha, 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 they're in first place again. But if they win this game, yeah, I, I mean, we are then having a very real discussion because there are some – Shit gets that, real quick, doesn't it? Yes, it do, <laughs> dude, this is a team – Purdue has been a team that was a dark horse uh. favorite in the offseason to win the division, and at various points – in this year has seemed like a team that could absolutely, if not should outright win the West. Like, I think that that is a very real thing. Uh, people believe in this Purdue team. So like you start there and you're like, Holy shit that they beat Purdue. Purdue beat Minnesota. You know, and you're just kind of then you're, you're just, you're schedule watching everything else. Like that's the first thing for me that I think of that they come out of it with a win. The other, and, and like, I don't want to say this is more important than winning the division, I, but I guess I kind of will just because I'm still not going to totally entertain that they can win the division. Jack, if they win this game, we are really talking about a bowl. A, like, how do they get to a bowl now? Because Two if more you wins can beat then, Purdue right? in, in – what was that? Two more wins if they win this one, right? Yeah. yeah. If they if they win, they got to get two more. And so you're like, okay, well, they beat Purdue. Can they can they beat Illinois? Can they beat Minnesota? I don't – I'm not – I don't think ever going to entertain them beating Michigan. But, dude, Iowa is trash. Like, they are a horrible, horrible football team. And, and look, so is Nebraska, but Iowa ain't very good. Wisconsin, I don't know what to expect with them. They're going to be a weird team all year long. So They might get um, better. Th- they might be a yeah, lot better. Yeah, and I, for the record, I think they will. I, I think when we did, when you, John, and I did our exercise a couple weeks ago, I, I was, the, I think, the highest on them. I thought that they would right the ship, and I, I still think that they will right the ship. But you win against Purdue, and the, the possibility for a bowl game – like I still don't know if it's likely because the schedule is just so tough. Uh, but it, it, it's if much they more win this game, than three weeks. This is arguably the hardest game left on their schedule, Josh. You I mean, and, over and Michigan. And what'd you say, Michigan? Oh, over Michigan? You, no, 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 not over Michigan. You're right. Second okay. hardest, okay. or arguably second hardest. the second, the hardest West game. This is the hardest yeah. West game. But I, I mean, I think a bowl. I, I would be disappointed if they. I would be very disappointed if they won this game and somehow didn't get a bowl win after that. Like I yeah, would, ex- I would, would expect it after a win on Saturday, which I yeah, because it would crazy. mean like some combination of either going one and four or zero oh and five right. to finish the season to not make a bowl. Right. And so yeah, like when you win first three game winning streak since twenty sixteen, 
first three game conference winning streak since 2016. And look, like you just said it, this might be this might be the second best team left on the schedule. It's certainly going to be one of the tougher environments left on the schedule. Yeah. Night, you know, like Michigan is game. Michigan is what it is. But but like it Iowa see in Iowa on a Black Friday, like Iowa's always tough and playing in Iowa City is always tough. But this is, you know, we've watched teams go in. We've watched really good teams. Ohio State. Including a 2018 – yeah, Ohio State team. Go in there and just get smoked. Yeah. Like this, is a, this is a very good atmosphere. Yeah. It's it, it, it's just you, – you made a great point, too. The, the whole division conversation goes from me jokingly tweeting out the standings and saying – uh, I'm going to look at these for the next 12 hours, you know, while Nebraska's in first place. Somewhat sarcastically, like, hey, they've had such a bad year and they're still in first place, too. Then it 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 starts getting less sarcastic at that yes. point. Yeah, I think the sarcasm and, disappears. And, I mean, like, the, the amount that is on at, at stake, the amount, the amount that is there to be gained mm-hmm. with this win, it, it, it feels to me, and, and, and you know, I listen – I, I'm not saying you and John, you know, haven't been covering it right, and maybe you will. But, I, and you know, just the media I've taken in about it, I don't feel like it's really gotten into And I don't know if it's just an assumption by everyone they're not going to win. I think, you know, I've kind of gotten trapped into that to some degree. And, may, and you know, I still – I don't think I'll pick them on Friday. I mean, I think I'll pick Purdue when I pick on Friday. But I also don't yeah. think it's – I don't think it's a like a – I think it's it's possible that they win um in, in this sort of a game and just like the level the level that this would take that program going into a, a bye week and everything that it would mean there's as much to be gained by this win as there is man I don't know like I don't even know what to compare it to it's just going it's, back. it's such it yeah it's like it'd be such a surprise I mean really this whole run has been a surprise right like we, right. we we were having a very real conversation three weeks ago. The one and eleven was on the table. You know, we did the watch party for the second half of the Indiana game, and when when we both hopped on together, and certainly when you were on without me, it was a tie game. That, yeah. it, it was it was a game where things kind of were going against Nebraska. They were not playing very well, and they got a couple of big plays late, and they ended up taking the lead and winning. The game on Friday versus Rutgers was going terribly. I mean, absolutely. I, I missed. I, I don't remember if we talked about this at all on Saturday, but. I saw a tweet from Shafe because I was out at dinner and I saw a tweet from Shafe like, I don't know if that's the worst quarter that they played this season, but it's, you know, on the short list or something like that. Yeah, I saw, yeah so you I was did like, oh, mention boy. this. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to watch this quarter. And it was, I mean, it was, it was horrible. Right. And dude, the whole half was horrible. And really the whole game was bad. It was not a very well played football game. And yet they came out of it with a victory. And so you want to talk about just kind of out of nowhere surprises. This has suddenly turned into a season you know, the last, and I know that we're talking about two games. We're talking about two weeks. But, man, just kind of out of nowhere from the depths of depression, not even after the Georgia Southern loss, but after the Oklahoma loss. Like, that, the, the fact that that team has now found themselves winning two close games with fourth quarter performances and second half performances, it's it's a stunner. And so this yep. would this would definitely be like a capper that I didn't see coming at all. You know, we talked a little bit, Josh, when I was on um, – oh, you weren't there on Monday. Good. You and I haven't even talked about this. Good. We won't be going over ground. But um, Dan Patrick uh, made made kind of a, a big deal for a little while on his show about Nebraska celebrating too much when they beat Rutgers. And mm-hmm. there was this video. Have you seen the video in the end zone where the players were kind of dancing? 
very very little very little i saw the take i haven't really i'll be like i told john off the air today of all the things that i'm happy i missed while i was gone i was very happy i missed the dan patrick discourse well so there were i don't know like eight players and they were doing like the gritty in the end zone and there were Mm -hmm. some rutgers fans yelling at them and they were kind of uh, they were going back at him. It didn't sound like anything overly inappropriate or anything like that. And and Dan Patrick talked about how embarrassing that was for Nebraska. And I could not feel more differently about that, having actually endured this. I mean, like like the idea like, oh, this is embarrassing for Nebraska. They lost to Georgia Southern a few weeks ago. Yeah, I was going to say, not the, not the, the actual performances on the field. They lost the to Georgia That's not the embarrassing Southern. part. And guess what? Acting like it's still 1997 has been part of what's gotten us into this mess right now. Jack, you can't, you can't as a national media person. And look, I'll be honest. I don't know what, you know, what Dan has or hasn't been critical about over Nebraska or with Nebraska over the years. So I'm not going to pretend like I have been. But uh, so I guess I'm going to speak for the media at large, which I know you and I can get kind of annoyed when people do that. But I'm going to do it anyway. You cannot say like the fan base cares way too much or or uh, not not that. You can't say the fan base is stuck in the 90s with their expectations and they get mad at them for celebrating a win when right. they've not had any success. Exactly. Like, exactly. You, 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 you can't arguing have bu- against yourself. You can it's only stupid. dunk on us one direction, okay? Yes, exactly. Dunk and and look, if you want to dunk on on one of those things, that's fine. But to do both, I guess and that's why you know, maybe I'm wrong in speaking that saying Dan Patrick always is whatever your point stands. Your point's a good but yeah, it's just stupid. It's like it's a it's a downtrodden program, man. Like they've had a horrible year. Not to mention, Jack, like even if we forget about the big picture part of Nebraska football for like five seconds, this team and this group of players, they've been through hell so far this year. Like yeah. let them have a happy moment, you know? Like it's a low bar, sure. But they're also 18 to 23. I guess Casey Thompson's old as hell. He's 24 now. Let them enjoy it. They're kids. You how know? Is, let, them, let them have a little fun. How is Anthony Grant supposed to know he's not supposed to be excited about beating Rutgers? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right? How is Anthony Grant supposed to know that Nebraska shouldn't be celebrating beating Rutgers? If Alabama had the exact same performance against Rutgers and won, like, I get it. They shouldn't be celebrating like that. They're Alabama. Nebraska is not Alabama. No. Nebraska is. Nebraska it's is time not to live in reality. It's time yeah. to live in reality for this program and, yeah. and for everyone. And and you know what, Josh? That gets me to, to what I was kind of bridging this point to is it is it, it's time to be the type of a program, to be the type of a team that, that yeah, okay, it's an ugly win, but you go in and, and you beat Rutgers and you're going in and you're going to ugly it up against Purdue and you're going in there as the clear underdog – and mm-hmm. and you're embracing the hell out of that role. Yes, you're the underdog against Purdue. I remember when Mike Riley beat Purdue a few years ago, I got kind of excited because they finally won a game and everyone was like, it's Purdue, you can't get excited. Well, it's time to throw that shit away, okay? It is time yeah. to be done with that mentality. You're the underdog. You are the absolute underdog, but you can absolutely screw their season and, and whatever it looks like. After it's over, if you can come out on top of this, you are the spoiler in this thing. And it is time to completely embrace that. And I think the players are starting to do that. And and I'm yeah, glad. And they, and they should, man. They've had a long season so far. It's yeah. it's quickly turned into – I mean, the fact still – you know how we joked, I feel like, every week throughout September. And it's only September, whatever, after everything that unfolded. The mm-hmm. season is – you know, I mean, now it's only it's, – it's halfway done. So there, I guess there's only a half of the season left. But that still – like so much more is left. So much more, in theory, is in front of them. 
And one of the things I guess that I like in potential about this Purdue game is that it comes before the final idle week. So they have another game and then another two weeks where, you know, dare I say the culture can continue to be built. So it's a fun opportunity. And look, if they don't win and they go get smoked, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to be surprised. Like this, this is a moment I think where, where the, I guess the house of cards nature of the last few weeks could kind Agreed. of show itself. Like, Agreed. yeah, Hey, they beat Rutgers and they beat Indiana, but now they're playing a team that's actually contending in the division. And so if they get blown out or they even if they lose no matter what, like it's like, yeah, that they should, they should lose this game. That is to be expected. Yeah. But if, if they surprise us in a positive way, I mean, again, it just makes the, the next five games it's, or at least four of them outside of Michigan, just a whole lot more interesting. It's just crazy. It's, 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 you just haven't been one win away from this kind of happiness in this program for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and I get it that it's maybe an unlikely win, but when have you ever been one win away from, from this kind of, uh, kind of joy? I don't know that you were, I mean, I, 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 you know, probably, you probably weren't there during any of the Scott Frost era, even early, you know, even the Colorado I was going to say, game. you know, like Michigan last year, it did seem kind That's, of like that. Kind you know, of, but but, the, but even then, it was still so like the thing that they were their season. Is, they weren't really contending for the West then, though. I mean, no, know. it was it was more just like they everyone wanted the win that that would mark like a true turning of the guard or a true yes. you know yeah. thing of progress. Like, That's true. And 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 I know I know we want to talk about Mickey, and so maybe this is the way to lead into that this season for now still, and and maybe that changes if they win. There has not yet been the referendum discussion on on games, right? It's it so far in the three Mickey Joseph games, and certainly the last two, it's been more of a hey, see what happens, and you know if they win, cool, and if they don't, well, they're, they're not really expected to. Right. What where this one is unique is if they win, we we just named a couple of things that are pretty massive for them, right? They it it's hey, th- could they actually win the West? And then hey, they should maybe go to a bowl game. But the other part is, I mean, in all seriousness, it's the much bigger piece, and that is, uh, holy shit, has has Mickey then has Mickey Joseph entered the chat? That is the part that I am still trying to figure out. You know what what Saturday and 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 two weeks Jack before the next game, like what the hell would it, that be like? And two weeks of of stewing on a on a win like that. Yes, he will have at a completely different level than he had. There will be here's what the difference will be, Josh. You know that there are already people out there for whatever reason, who have decided to buy into him. I'm having listened to you today and, and knowing where you're at and talking to you in the past. I know neither you nor I are there yet, but for right or for wrong, I'll be a lot closer to that. I will have had a significant move in that direction. If they win that, that game uh, on Saturday, would you agree? Because this would be, this is the first chance like, and, and I'll be honest, maybe this is why I have not entertained the idea as much as some is I, I have been able to hand wave them away personally. Like, yes, I know that the floor is low, but it's still Indiana. It's still just Rutgers. This is not that Purdue has been three and one versus Nebraska over the last four seasons. So I kind of start there. Purdue is a bona fide contender in the Big Ten West right now. And I don't care how bad the division is. They're, they're a contender in the division. Purdue has beaten Minnesota, the team that I thought was the best team in the mm-hmm. division. Mm-hmm. Um, should have beat Penn State. Should have beat Penn State. And hell, should have beat Syracuse. Well, and yeah, as we mentioned a couple minutes ago, this is not an easy environment to play in on a Saturday night. Uh, so like this is 
this isn't just another victory and three straight wins and all that stuff. Like, all that stuff matters. But this is all of that versus a team that I personally, and I think you do too, we both have some respect for them. And yeah. that's the different part for me as I would suddenly have to start really, really, really entertaining the idea of Mickey as the guy. It would be a different play. I wouldn't, I'm, I, I wouldn't be calling for it, but I would be at, I would be at a, di- a very different place than I am right now. Again, for right or for wrong. Maybe one game mm-hmm. shouldn't do that. But I think I, I, re- I, would, I would start to say, okay, now, now I'm really perked up on this potential. Uh, yeah. I, uh, let me ask you this, Josh, though. For the, for the people, and maybe there are some in here. Maybe you guys can answer this if you're already there. Like, you are all in on Mickey now. This is just, like, a really simple question is just why? And and Why I know this is a little hypo- it's a little hypocritical for me to ask that in the way that I am, but then also say, hey, if they beat Purdue, then I'm way closer to that. But but like, why? I would agree with what I think the consensus is is that he has said the right thing at every juncture, mm-hmm. but but that's not anywhere close to what I'd be hiring a coach on. Okay. Real quick, let me ask you this. Are yeah. you are you softening on on Mickey? Because I feel like the last time we talked a couple of weeks ago, you were even though you recognized you probably shouldn't be feeling that way, you you were feeling that way. But no, am I am I was I, I misreading been, you or I, have you just changed? No, I don't I don't know that I've changed. I think I've always said if he gets to a certain level, if if this season goes a certain way, that I think it's I will I will I as you know, just in what I want to see. Um, I will consider it more based on how the season goes, but I have to actually see that first. And I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm not going to get to the point where I'm completely sold on him based on beating Indiana, Indiana and Rutgers and based mm-hmm. on even though I have loved everything he said and the way he's handled the program and really almost everything he's done over the course of, what, three weeks? or since after the Oklahoma game was over. But those are not like they're those are just not things for me that I'm yet willing to say, hey, that justifies him being the coach without having an extensive resume. That's all. Like and and and, and you could come back at me, you could easily come back at me, Josh, and say, Oh, so if he wins two games, that is enough, which is a fair argument to make to me. Um but I don't know. I I don't think I've saw. I think my position has always been, I don't. I just don't think you can you can seriously can consider him without a resume, um, unless he does something, frankly, in, incredible here, to to finish the season. And I I don't think Trev would. I I still don't think he will, unless he mm-hmm. does something that we would think is just almost unthinkable here. Which frankly, I would say, if he gets to seven wins, that's near that point of uh, unthinkable. Um, and, and especially does it and then continues to do it in a way where it feels like everything he does is the right move, um, in terms of how he handles the program. So comments, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear some comments, please. Yeah. Josh says, I take a Rand over Peterson over or a Rand or Peterson over Mickey, no matter the rest of the season. And Biff says, Husker fans are always prisoners of the moment. Hire proven head coach and keep Mickey best of both worlds. Now, Jake is, is going against this. Uh, he's brought up, you know, the genuine care for kids. It's real. He says Mickey has been trending upward for valid reasons, though, not just prisoner of the moment. Hmm. I think that Jake is partly right. I, I do. I 
I, I agree with him on trending. I disagree with him on prisoner of the moment. And, and I think that that, that sh- has shown itself in, I mean, you remember it, Jack, his first press conference unfolded and people were like, he, he's the guy sign me up. And it's like, okay, you know, frost, you know, remember Bo, like Bo did such a number on people that, you know, I guess the people that didn't like him that almost like anything that the next guy did, you're like, Oh man, this is so great. Yep, yep. He's not telling me to fuck off. Like that's this true. Is, what a great head coach. He did it on me that I, yeah, I'm absolutely yeah. in that population. Yeah, and, and I would say Scott Frost, while not ever coming out on an audio tape and telling Husker fans to go to hell, he, he, I mean, especially with the benefit of hindsight now, I think a lot of people had their eyes opened in the last month of just how maybe little care he was putting into the program, and that hurt them on a very personal level. And it should. It absolutely should. Mm-hmm. And so I say all that to say this about Mickey. He cares. He cares about the players. He cares about the program. And he's blunt. And I, you and I have run through this. We, I guess I don't want to do this again. But I think that that new relationship vibe with Mickey, I think, is still showing itself, you know, where, like, look, hey, he's got a, he's got a two-game winning streak against these teams. And Frost didn't. It's like, yes, I, you're right. He didn't. But are we grading him too much on a curve for beating Indiana and Rutgers when Scott Frost, you know, probably would have lost both if not one of those games, you know, yeah. like I still think personally, I think we are, I think that we are still, and that we are, we like his comment, his comment when asked what's, Hey, what's changed about the defense? And he's like, but I love that stuff. I think we all love that stuff, but don't, don't allow yourself to just be so jacked by the, the, the coach being a little more honest and maybe, maybe a quip or two and don't allow that to, to cloud. So, your vision. But then I asked this question. Should there be anything I, – I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of pointing out my own hypocrisy here. Like, should there be anything he can do the rest of this season that can convince us or should convince us that he is the best choice? He See, is and the- that's I – don't, I don't know. I've thought about this a lot. Jo- John and I talked to, uh, about stuff throughout today. Like, and, and I think Josh puts it really well. Leading a program from September to November is only you know part of the job. Bingo. That's so. So that's true, and I think that that is the thing, Jack. That that maybe I am trying to figure out, like what does success, and let's just say like a little bit of success, whether it's like five wins or even going to a bowl game, what can that tell us about him? Because this season, knock on wood, won't be a season if Mickey is hired that he would ever have to go through again. Right? He will not. You hope he will not have to fire his coordinator. He will potentially not lose his offensive coordinator. He will, you know, not have to, to, I mean, just all of the crap that they had to deal with. Right. So like he has done an amazing job, amazing job at handling the choppy waters, but the choppy waters of 2022, they're not replicable for most seasons. Now that can be a huge positive in terms of his ability, right? Like, Hey, Josh, if he can handle this season, why can't he handle a normal weird, you know, a normal difficult season? And that's a great point, but I don't know. It's just, it's different being the interim and being able to, I think, live, I think someone said this a few minutes ago, kind of live off the emotions than it is to, you know, here it was, I-formation, somewhat of a rebound effect. I think, Jack, there is a difference between a rebound season and being able to kind of ride the wave and putting together a really good program that is sustainable. But look, I'm just asking the question. He might be able to do both. It's right. just this season is not 
I just don't know how much we can actually judge him for better and for worse on on being able to do it long term. And, and and again, I am not critiquing other people and their thoughts with this because Josh, if he gets to seven wins, I'm going to be on that train, and I don't know if I should be. Okay, mm-hmm. why am I going to be on that train? I, I mean, that's the question to ask myself. Why am I going yeah. to be on that train? Well, number one, it's because what I think he did this year was not only good; it was exceptionally good. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. like except like he did not he did not just you know come in and 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 keep things afloat as an interim coach like some he did something exceptionally I mean with where yeah, the if program he makes was. a bowl game with this offensive line like yes. props incredible so, props that's part of it and then and then and this part might be the part that's not reasonable but there's a part of me that's just F O M O fear of missing out you know that. Yeah. That I would, man, you would just, you would hate it if you've got the, the next hot, the next hot coach right there on your staff and it's, and, and he's a former player, so he's likely not going to leave. It's just FOMO is what it is after that. I think for me, and, you know, it's and, funny and too, even if like, he's likely going to stay, see, and that's the thing, Jack, like, I feel like all of this, I almost think that whenever we discuss this. And, and and I'm guilty of this, too. And I, I maybe need to do a better job of explaining myself. There's, like, it's door one, and that's Mickey as head coach, and door number two, and that's someone else. And then there's no – there's and, and he's not involved. I feel like door number one still includes Mickey Joseph. So the right. FOMO that you just described, I and I think that it's being felt with a lot of people in the, in the audience, a lot of fans uh, in the Husker fan base, I would almost caution you and, like, be like, don't – don't worry about that. This is not like he's not a hot shot coordinator, right? This is not a a a spurned lover who's going to be pissed. I don't think, at least, and maybe I'm wrong. Um, that would that would you know say like, well, screw you guys. Then I don't want I don't want to be involved here. I don't think that that would be the case. But I mean, I I also don't know who they're going to hire, and I guess I can't totally guarantee that that person. And- would keep him around. I well, tend to think he'll be on the staff but next year. With Josh, my, my, you know where my mind will go though. My mind will go, down, you know, down the path. Okay, he's he goes back to wide receivers coach, you know, associate head coach or whatever he is in that situation. But you know what happens uh, come come October of next year once we have the early season firings again. Oh yeah, people are calling for Mickey. People are he's going to be on that list. He's going to be on that list. Yeah, he is. You're right. He's absolutely going to be on that list. Like he's going to be Jim Leonard. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it, Just like it, Bo would have been with Callahan, he'd he'd be that. He's going be to that. be on that list, and and at some point, and, and here's the other thing. Okay, unless they lose out. Yeah. Right. 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 I'm just yes. I'm saying in the scenario where he's okay. done enough where this year. Good, yeah. He's done enough this year to make me say okay that's that he doesn't have a long resume but what he did enough this year is enough to kind of make up for that essentially but there's still you know what one kind of the elephant in the room is still josh is there has been some i don't know if you've indicated this but i've heard other people that is is that i have at least some sense in my head and i don't know how true it is that he still doesn't want this and I know he hasn't said that, and I know he basically said the opposite a couple of times, is that he said it's a tryout. Where are you on that? Like, do you have any doubts about that right now um, from from what you're hearing? And then I guess the other question is, like, could that 
I mean, I think it's a natural human condition question is if it starts going well, you might change your mind about that, too. Yeah. And for, the, for you know, Biff says Benning intimated that he did. Damon has intimated that multiple times. And when he says that stuff, I know Damon has been criticized of being like cryptic and stuff. When when he says something that specific about Mickey Joseph, given that they talk, um, I listen. I, I listen to that. And and so, for the record, I have no extra intel. I have not asked anybody about so this. So that's kind of maybe where that's coming from. Okay. I think it is. He called in, I think it was overreaction after the Oklahoma game, and he basically said that without without saying it all the way. He was like, how are we sure that he we know he wants the job? And so if he's going to call an overreaction on a Saturday afternoon, you know, just for, for shits and giggles, I'm going to listen to that. Now, again, I have not followed up with anybody. I have not asked anybody. I think if you listen to how Mickey answered the questions early on, he did a very good job at being diplomatic, but not ever saying, I want it. He, you know, he, he talked about you, you're always coaching for it or resume or whatever it was. However, right. he, he said that it. a couple of times. Yes. But he never, he's never come out and just been like, I would love the job. So just, just, um, I, I, I think that there's some, some, some stuff there, but look, I, I'll say this here because I've said it before. I have no desire to ever work at ESPN. No desire. I like doing it. You know, I if I am going to move up in the world in markets, that's cool. But I I love the idea of local radio or local podcasting, whatever it is. I can say that. But Jack, if ESPN called me tomorrow, right. I I I'd be like, oh well, or, okay. Let me listen to this. Or or let me get or, or here just to kind of connect it to Mickey's situation. Or you start working, you know, you get a, a, you know, you get an opportunity to help, you know, whatever, and you start mm-hmm. to see that you could do it where you didn't know if you could do it before, and you start to get a picture of what that life would be like. Like uh-huh. I can't rule out because of again the human condition. You uh-huh. go through and you succeed at that. That could change your mind. In that is the exactly. other thing. Even if what exactly. what Damon was intimating was true, but I still wonder about that. I mean, I think about that a lot with this whole thing. Like, are is this is this whole conversation we're all having constantly uh, kind of a waste? Is of time? it all worthless because yes. the guy doesn't even want the job? Correct. Yeah, I think about that. Great a lot. question. It's a great question. Like that is you want to talk about like pieces of this puzzle, which you know are are still nowhere near getting put together. That is is a piece that I I think would really help this discussion out big time. You know, because we we keep going around and around and around, and I don't think that's going to stop. Barring barring them winning out and, and the decision being easy, or barring them losing out and the decision being easy, I think that we're going to be doing this until the decision is made. It, and and that if if we knew though, Mickey wants the job, awesome. Okay, then we can approach it one way. If we knew definitively though that he didn't want the job, I would Jack. I'd say that makes the discussion a whole lot easier, right? Because then we're just doing a, we're just talking about other stuff. Other and, the, and then the question is, if he he gets to the, if he either is or gets to the point where he does want it, is he really is he really going to be okay then coming back if next year? He doesn't year? get it, and then he has to be a, yeah. yes. It's a great question. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a great question. So, I, it, 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 and then how does the fan, like you said, what happens next? You know, look, they're going to open up with a conference game next season. We don't know who it's going to be. It was originally scheduled to be Minnesota. They're going to play Colorado on the non-conference, and then they're going to get back and and playing. And it's probably not going to be an East-West alignment anymore. And they're going to be probably playing some tough teams. You know, it, it, it's probably a tough little build for this for this program. 
And you know the the minute things go a little bit sideways, you're right. People are like, hey, 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 what about Mickey Joseph? What about if Mickey you're Joseph? Trev Alberts, too, aren't you concerned about a scenario where, it, yeah, it looks pretty good this year, and 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 then you make the hire, and you decide if you would decide to go with Mickey, and it doesn't look good after the fact, and it just looks like you took the easy, obvious, easy, obvious decision instead of doing your real due diligence and being being a real athletic director. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, like, like that's are you worried about sort... the, that being said? Yeah. Well, just th- that being the – yeah, if it doesn't work, I mean, it, it, like if it doesn't work, it almost looks worse if it's Mickey and it doesn't work than if it's Dave Aranda and it doesn't work. Well, I mean, it would definitely no matter look, no matter what, uh, an athletic director is going to be judged on on their football or basketball hire if it's a basketball school, right? So, like, in the end, I don't think that that part should matter to Trev. I don't think any of this stuff, you know, I don't think I don't think he should really care that much. And and I know that's hard, yeah. but like, if the fans are clamoring for him, that's fine. But he look, I think here's the thing that I think about Trev. I think he's really good at selling. I think he can really he fired Frost. And, and and cost himself seven million seven and a half million dollars in the process, and like five days later, nobody batted an eye anymore. Yeah, like he, I think, and part of that was stories started popping up too. But I think that Trev has done a really good job at selling people on decisions that he has made, and I think that if he goes against the well wishes of a lot of people and hires somebody other than Mickey Joseph, I think he'll be able to sell them on that. Now. Jack, a large chunk of this too is me thinking that he is going to get a good coach. If he if if he got the equivalent of a Mike Riley, and I don't mean that in the Matt Campbell sense, I mean that in the sense of out of left field, who the hell is this guy? That would be different. I don't think that's going to happen though. I think it's going to be a name that none of us have to Google, and I yeah. think that you know I think that that will play a big part in in why it would be an easy sales job for them. So the next question is: so it's interesting how the whole coaching search has shifted from all of these different candidates to Mickey versus the world. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I am curious, like, how, how do you, where's the temperature on the rest of the candidates now? I know you guys are doing your your bracket of, of not Frost versus the world. You know, we've seen, you know, Leipold's now got a loss. Uh, what's just your sense on on taking the temperature of the external candidates right now? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I, I got a lot of pushback on Saturday because Kansas, I think they had taken the lead, and I just sent out a what I thought was a very innocuous tweet, like, wow, he is about to be the number one candidate. And I think a lot of people took that to mean, like, he is my number one candidate. And then there was some criticism of, like, it shouldn't matter who the number one candidate is. And it's like, yeah, no shit. That's not what I meant. I just meant he collectively will become this kind of number one guy that I think a lot of people will want outside of Mickey Joseph. Now, sure. in the end, they ended up losing. What was that? I said, just sure. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think that um, the funny and, and it's also a really dumb part about a coaching search is every week you're judging everything. You're like, oh, my gosh, that coach lost. Right. Send him to hell. He's not our number one guy. And then a coach wins and, we're, okay, he's number one, crown him. So, I don't know. I've, I've certainly enjoyed – watching the roller coaster of this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy. I don't know who the number one person is though. I think that like, I think Leipold could become that, that person. Now they, the toughest part of their schedule has arrived. Oklahoma, as bad as they have been, 
I do think that there will be this, oh, man, Leipold even lost to Oklahoma if Kansas goes down this Saturday. And they should. They're, they're a touchdown underdog, yeah. and their starting quarterback's hurt. Like, right. It's not anything to sneak. Oklahoma is still a much more talented team. But I, I'm still like keeping my eye on him. Um, I, I know uh, there's a lot of people mentioning Bill O'Brien as their number one candidate in the chat right now. He is someone that I, I still wonder how that would be received around here. Because I, I would say this, Jack. Of all the realistic candidates that I think are out there, I think that his would be met the most lukewarm of anybody. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I think some would be really positive. I think some even would be negative. I think Bill O'Brien would be this kind of like, ah, Bill O'Brien. Hmm, it just doesn't feel like he has the upside. Like the, yeah. like the unrealized upside. Yeah, like I-Formation says, I have no excitement for Bill O'Brien. I am ambivalent. I think that that is a great way to put it, and I think that that is how a lot of people would view the Bill O'Brien hire. Now, I look, I think it's pretty easy to talk yourself into B.O.B., and I would begin like, look, he took over Penn State after the Sandusky shit, and he, he that fan base is insane, and he, he made his way through those waters. Say what you want about the Texans. College football is not the NFL. Uh, and then he's gone gone through the Nick Saban car wash. Like that those are all some really positive checks. Now the the arguments against him, I think I can make two. They have a loaded team talent wise and their offense still kind of has issues here and there at Alabama. He's only coached in college for two years uh as a head coach. Like I, I need to see a little bit more. Um I think he's a he's stubborn, but man, I I oddly I know I just kind of agreed with you on the upside. I do think though that he would probably have some solid upside just given just given his coaching contacts in the sport. Somebody that I don't think has taken a hit yet a little bit is Aranda, Dave Aranda. Even, mm-hmm. you know, they they had the loss to Oklahoma State, and, and, and you know, we just acknowledge that it's dumb to look at these week-to-week based on results. But I don't know. I still feel like he's still someone that would move the needle for a lot of people. Do you get that sense? Yes, I think so, even though they've lost a couple of times. Um, I think part of it, he's young, you know, yeah, which that's, I like. He's, he's coached intriguing. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. He's at the Big Ten. He's coaching the SEC. He's coaching the Big 12. Like, I like guys like that who have been around. Um, Yeah, I think that he, of all the candidates, I think that he would probably come in with the most universal, like, excitement. Um, Just because I think he seems like a really high ceiling guy. I think, you know, whereas O'Brien, I think the ceiling, like you said, I think it seems lower for people. I think people would really talk themselves into a random being like the dude who could bring Nebraska back to, like, legit prominence. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. And then add to that, the the other thing about him, and I don't know if people are thinking about this or not, but the other thing about him is the the people who are Mickey people, that's like sort of a half Mickey thing, too. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you you would presume that's the best chance of Mickey staying around. Um, and, and staying around maybe for an extended time, given his relationship with Aranda and, and, and maybe Bill Bush too. Um, mm-hmm. and so perhaps you kind of have those people who are on that bandwagon too. But it's just yeah. it's just interesting to see where the where the stock goes. I got I gotta ask you, Josh. I heard you when you guys had uh, your not prosperous of the world today on your show, and Chris Peterson was up on it. Do, mm-hmm. Is there is there anything there? Do you think at all? I I think so. I think there is some smoke there, and and I I can't speak to it like totally, um, because some of it's going off of like conjecture, but there there have been like enough whispers to me from people that I trust that make me think 
I guess so. Here's what I, I think that he is interested in coaching again, is what I am hearing. And I think he is interested in coaching and, and would be interested in Nebraska. Um, if I'm Trev Alberts, I have no idea why you wouldn't at least kick the tires on, on a Chris Peterson, even like, I guess the thing that gives me pause, and I'm wondering if you're, you're going to agree with me. Like he essentially, um, cited burnout when he got out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got out of the game, right. His name or his, it, well, I guess it's like everything was changing the portal, uh, name image likeness. He'd be joining a league. He he's not coached in. I don't know his exact coaching tree, except that he was at Boise for a while. And then obviously at Washington, I'm pulling up his Wikipedia page right now. So at the very least, yeah, Oregon, Portland state, Pittsburgh back in 92. I mean, he's a West coast guy and he's a Pacific Northwest guy. Uh, dear, dear God, if people start mentioning Mike Riley, I think he's an incredible coach for the longest time. Chris Peterson was my number one. And I was so infuriated when Nebraska didn't fire Bo after 2013 and then Washington got him because I, I thought that Nebraska could have landed Chris Peterson. And that, like, I think that he – if he would have followed Bo, man, I think Nebraska would be in a really great spot today. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a bummer. I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I worry about – I worry about someone as – who pointed it out? Travis. He's 58, not exactly young. I worry about a 58-year-old guy who got out of college football right as things were changing. Burnout was a reason why and now would be coming back. But, I mean, Chris Peterson was my number one forever. So, yeah. I, I would I, – it's, it's hard for me to, like – to <laughs> to make sense of those two statements that I just gave you. And, and, and I want to go back to Mickey just for a second. Like, in defense of people who are supporting Mickey, which I, I think I was a little critical of, but I then I also said I could very much be a hypocrite on this. In defense of people, like, I have some real confidence Mickey can negotiate those waters. Um just with his prowess recruiting, um, just navigate the current landscape of college football, build relationships with players, not get too old school or new school with anything. Like, I don't know. He just engenders some confidence for that specific thing that you're talking about. Mm. I don't know if that's right or wrong. Um, but, you know, and... And honestly, I mean, I'm going to be real. People are going to hate that I, I bring this up. But, like, there's a part of me that that thinks these relationships, you know, these coach-player relationships are so are so important right now to have some ability to relate to him. And Mickey being, I mean, he's not, I mean, he's older than me. He's older than me, but he's not, you know, 68 or something like that. You know, kind of, kind of young-ish. Um associated with some great players already, African-American, uh, former player, all of those things. Like, th- I mean, that's not that's not a resume of five years as a head coach, but there's also some stuff in there that I'm like, yeah, some, some of the other guys, like Lance Leipold doesn't have that stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So, well, it's I, like I, what's I, most important right now in, in terms of hiring a coach, and this can be about all the candidates, again, doesn't just have to be about – you know, Mickey, but like, what is most important? Do you want a head coach that is an X's and O's guy? Um, or do you want a, a head coach that is more about the culture, more about the program and will fill in the other yeah, stuff? Later? That's Mickey. And, and yeah, yeah. And, and look like the former, I imagine a lot of people are hearing that and they're like, ah, frost. I don't want that. And it's like, okay, let's, 
we don't need to just put every X's and O's coach into the frost basket and then every program builder into the Mickey Joseph basket. You know, like Kirby Smart's an X's and O's guy, but he also is incredible at building a program. So, like, right. uh, but uh, in this right. era of college football, I th- Jack, essentially the last two days, I thought about that a lot. Like, what is more important to me? Because I guess I have tried to hear out the Mickey, almost the Mickey or bust people, if you will, a little bit more. And, and I've tried to put myself in their shoes. And look, I can very easily, easily talk myself into him being the guy. Um, because here's the thing. And look, this might be the most negative way to view all this, but screw it. Like, Nebraska has hired, for the most part, bad coaches the last two decades. It's like, what's one more, you know? <laughs> and, 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 you know, like, maybe Mickey is that guy. Maybe he's not, though. You know, maybe he has high upside. Maybe he has a low floor. I don't know. I mean, I just... I, I, I kind of feel that way about all these coaches. You know, I can talk myself into most of them. I really can. I can talk myself into Chris Peterson doing great. I can talk myself into him being, I'm trying to think of like an equivalent where it's just like, oh, wow, they got Chris Peterson. Coach sucks. Like, it's like, oh, that's a bummer. They didn't get the version of Chris Peterson yeah. that they thought they were getting. You know, I could do the same thing with O'Brien. Like, oh, they got Bill O'Brien. Nope, they just got a guy who, you know, had been a head coach in college football a decade ago, and he sucked. We could do a Dave Aranda. Maybe this program is just down in the dumps at Nebraska, and it's going to be really hard to, to overcome all that. So I feel like I can do that with everybody. And so I guess when I start doing that with all of the candidates, that's when I circle back and I'm like, okay, that's why a lot of people want Mickey, because at least if he's right. going to fail, yes. you know, it's going to be it's going to be with somebody that they really enjoy. Right, but who's more enjoyable? Look, I'll say this one more thing, though. Like, it did not make firing Scott Frost easier. And so I, I just I kind of caution people that like if he fails, yeah. it's going to be miserable again for almost all of the same reasons. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, you make a great point. If 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 you can't, you know, if you can't completely discern between candidates, pick the guy that you like. And you know, as much as we kind of, I'm I'm sure this plays a role for me too. As much as we kind of bemoan it now the the fact that he's a former player here and has a connection here absolutely drives some of this too it, it ab- probably drives yeah. what i think too it does and, and i i i'm happy that you even after all, even after like, no, all no 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 even <laughs> after scott frost i think i'm sure yeah. that's still part of why i would why i would you know if things go right this year i would start to want to jump on the bandwagon of course just you know and i think there's a part of it too like Okay, so so like the 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 fans right now are in like these various buckets of you know how they're viewing this coaching search and season. I would say this: there is this, and and look, if there's anybody in in the I eighty club that feels this way, please do not take this personally. But the worst Husker fan to me right now is the they already have a head coach, yeah, and his I, name is Mickey really, Joseph. That's so weird. Stop entertaining. It's like, yeah. sh- would you shut up? That's not how anything that's so works. Weird. And and so like that is a very very small yes. minority of the fan base right now. But I've heard from these idiots, and again, no offense if you're no, in the No, we I-80 get it too. We get them on our show all the time. Yes. It is infuriating. Well, they already have a head coach. His name's Mickey. Okay, shut up, man. Like, I can't talk to you if this is how you're going to approach a coaching search that Trev Albert said is a, <laughs> a national, national coaching search. search. Yeah. How do you how do you function in society if that's your viewpoint? They already have a oh, based on gosh. what? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm with you there. Totally yeah, with I'm you. I'm triggered. There. They said the same thing to me in Mike Riley's last year. Uh, they already have a head coach. It's Mike. Okay, yes, they have a head coach because technically they have to have a head coach. Yeah. But he'll be fired in five we're, weeks. We're, like, get over it. Were we people saying that when Barney Co- Cotton coached the Holiday Bowl? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
they already have a head coach. Uh, even though Riley was hired at that point, but nonetheless. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's um, true. Uh, but, but, uh, real quick, back to the Purdue game, Josh. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to point this out. One thing that uh, it, it's obviously being discussed and talked about, but my thoughts on this game really, really my, – my thoughts on Nebraska's shots at winning this game, which I have said over and over again, I think it's a really uphill battle. I can't imagine myself picking Nebraska. Uh, but if if Reimer and Newsom are available versus them not being available, that shifts my opinion a ton on this game. Really? Um, yeah. Because I'll be honest, nothing on defense changes my opinion about this <sighs> game. Really? You know it's because the offensive line still exists. Right, but I just don't. You I, I don't think can't... Reimer and Newsom are two of the top three most important players on this defense right now, especially matching up against Purdue? No, I look. I understand what you're saying, and I think you're saying you you are bringing excellent, valid points to the conversation. But I just I don't know. I cannot overlook how bad the offensive line has been, and how they have oddly enough. I still think that they have kind of skated by a little bit just given how big of a dumpster fire the defense was, especially in those, you know, the set, uh, the third and fourth games of the year, the Georgia Southern loss and the Oklahoma loss. But the offensive line is just, it's so bad that, that and look, maybe I guess that just kind of explains how I'm viewing this game where I'm like, awesome. Like the defense could, the defense could have another one of those really good second halves. But if the offensive line doesn't get any push, I just don't, and that they can Jack, we keep saying it, like, at a certain point, Casey Thompson's going to get knocked out yeah, of the game. He He's been close like every week for 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 like what the last four games. Like I don't know. I just I'm, and, I'm worried. Oh, okay, that, like, just for the record so too, I'm not saying they win if they play and they lose if they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the the chance of pulling the upset is significantly better if they play than if they don't. Whoever's mm-hmm. on the offensive line, um, yeah. just because I think Purdue's. It it it'll they'll have a lot better chance of of limiting Purdue with those two guys. I mean, they've got no cornerbacks. I mean, yeah. let's if I think Newsom's uh, since especially since Bill Bush has taken over, and I know he got hurt last week, and so it hasn't been a lot of this. But I think Newsom's been underrated on this team. I think Reimer. We I said it. I think I said it when we were watching the game live. Um, you weren't on yet when he got that that uh, tackle slash interception whatever it was strip and that whole thing but like it's crazy he went from the milk carton to either the best or the second best player on the defense from the beginning to the middle of the year like that's not mm-hmm. nothing to 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 have out there in a game like this so that's a huge i, I just that is really going to impact how i look at this game and how i look at nebraska's chances of pulling what i think is an upset and and something oh I don't for sure for totally sure expect Totally and maybe, I mean, happen, I'm, but... I'm being very basic in my, like, breakdown, yeah. but I just, and that, I don't know. But I'm to almost... your point, to your point, though, what the heck does this offense do? I mean, you have what you have right know. now on the offensive yeah. line. Like, what would you – what do you even do uh, I don't know. At, at this point? I don't know. Like, it sucks. I was looking at Anthony Grant's numbers today, and he is now averaging very, very little above 100 yards a game. And, and what was it at one point this year, like 160? Mm-hmm. Um, so like that sucks. And I mean, I just mentioned it, Casey Thompson, he keeps getting like, I mean, he's missed what, how many, is it, is it three games in a row now where he's missed some plays because of, you know, getting hurt? Was he um, hurt against Oklahoma ever? I mean, the second I two, rem- yes. 
Or was that yeah. just they so maybe pulled it's him just out. two. They pulled him out because yeah. he was getting I mean he was getting killed, but yeah, yeah. But basically, yes. The answer is yes, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very concerned about him him staying healthy. And um I just I, I don't know how if you can even scheme around it. You still do seem at least against against um, you know, even that first drive against Oklahoma, right? You had the um, you, you had the deep pass open a couple of times on that. Front. The deep pass is still there every once in a while for whatever reason. They I, just need to start doing like 20 step drops. Maybe that's what they would do. Just like snap the ball. Maybe Casey should be like a punter and they should just snap it deep. And then he'll can you screen? Can you get the screen game more involved? Like, can you, I, I, I don't know. The, the only other thing I would think of and Casey isn't going to do this Josh, that is have a quarterback run game be, become more of a thing in the unless offense. it's a different quarterback. Yeah, that that that's the only other thing I can think of. Yeah, and and, and then the I, I guess the other thing too is I still you still I know I brought this up last week and I'm gonna bring it up again and I know Vokalek had a touchdown which isn't it crazy that was his first touchdown of his career I had no yes, idea it definitely that stat blew my mind but you still I still think he can become a way bigger factor in the offense um and maybe a bit of a more of a safety blanket for casey thompson when he's seeing some pressure potentially yeah which but all i'm doing is talking about bandages on the situation no yeah you are and that's yeah. like that's what the whole season's gonna have to be now you know that's like the the one part the d i guess though here's let me give you a, a silver lining or maybe a, an argument that things could improve we had this exact same discussion um after the firing of shenander right like how is the defense gonna get that's true and look maybe some of this is smoke and mirrors because of who they played but the defense has gotten way better way better yep uh all right anything interesting on the uh on on the chat when was the last successful screen pass (laughs) colorado uh that's funny (laughs) to to brian carpenter that's hilarious here's the other thing i want to ask if they would win this josh Mm -hmm. this is the biggest win since Mike Riley, Oregon. Yes. Okay. Definitely. That was that. Uh, look, I don't care. That Oregon team was shitty at the end of the year. I don't care. That that was a huge win. And if they don't win that game, they do not go nine and four. Hell, so, Mike Riley might have gotten fired in year two if they don't win that game. That game was massive. So absolutely massive. Biggest win in six, six years. seven years. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Jeez. Yeah. Crap. And look, like we said earlier. Idle week next week, and then suddenly it's Illinois. And this game should have a know, bigger, like, big game I feeling. Think, bigger, yeah, big game yep. feeling. Pretend you're, pretend you're, uh, you're Kansas going into upset. So pretend, I mean, mm-hmm. pretend you're that team that's excited to have college game day there for the first time, or something mm-hmm. like that. That's the mentality that you need here yep. with this game. Yeah. So we'll mm. see. Fascinating. <sighs> All right. All right. Uh, good show t- tonight, Josh. I hope yeah. everybody enjoyed it. Good discussion. I enjoy being back in the club. It's very nice. Uh, so Saturday. And your internet work. What's that? Yeah, it did. I don't know. And your internet work. I am gonna. Get, I'm switching from Spectrum to Aloe, but that takes a little while. Uh, oh nice. But I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what happened Saturday. Um, but yeah, that was weird, man. Yeah. Um, schedule going forward. Let's talk about that real quick for the club yeah, members yeah. who are listening. Uh, we'll do a coffee show on Saturday as per normal. Okay. Hell yeah. So get your I-80 mugs. Uh, I still didn't get a mug. I should have got a mug. I need to still get a mug. 
Uh, by oh, the way, you don't have one yet? No, I got. Well, I got my. I got the the like aluminum cup, like the pint glass, and I got mm-hmm. my hat. But I also was looking at uh, our website, and there are more like good deals. They have these promos. I should just post it. Um, there are more promos. There's a twenty percent off like weekend. There's a free shipping thing coming up. Uh, so I know our last one ended, but I'll post the dates of those. And we can shift them around, but they this spreadsheet thing just gives us those. So anybody wants to do that again, uh, they can do that. So, oh, is that a picture of you? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I spent – now this one, it has the – you can see the marathon marathon photo thing all over it. I ended up, I spent the 40 or whatever dollars it was like back in February. So at a certain point, I'm going to get a disc or, or USB drive with all these photos without the watermarks. That picture is awesome. wait. That's yeah, very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So we'll do we'll do coffee. Um, you're on Big Red Overreaction though, right after the game. Yes, tomorrow I'm or, on or Saturday uh, night. Yeah, it's with yeah Gary and me. Yeah. So, um, so we're not gonna do so. So we obviously can't do a post game. We would have to start at like two, you know one in the morning or something. So yeah. we're not we're not gonna do that. Which I know. Cue the comment from Biff saying, "Stay up, you cowards." I know it's well, I know it's happening. Honestly, if they win. I don't know. I might. Maybe we should, at very least, do the thing where we put the video of your show on, like we did when I was in a giddy mood after they beat Indiana. Maybe we'll Ooh, still with do white, that. White face John, <laughs> yeah, with white face John and his light up microphone. Uh, so maybe I'll do that. I'm. I might do that if they win. I will be here. Okay. Okay. If they win, I'll be here. And <laughs> you have that saved. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. Oh yeah. That's terrifying. Oh yeah. That's so terrifying. Um. Yeah. If if they win, I'm gonna. Uh, so l- I mean, let's just say thing, that Jack, I'll get home by twelve thirty. I guess I could do like you know a, a half hour at twelve. I'm hanging out on here. I don't care if I'm listening to your show and just chatting. Um, I'm not necessarily recording a podcast, but I'm gonna be. Uh, listen, you're you're my people now. I'm gonna want to be with you guys. After mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be able to sleep. I couldn't sleep after the Rutgers game. Okay. So yeah, if they true. win this one. I'm gonna be up anyway, so I'm gonna get down here on the club, and uh, and and we will enjoy it. Uh, but anyway, that's the plan for the weekend. So, sat- yeah. but be there Saturday morning. Uh, we'll and see. then we're gonna. Did you say Sunday? Are we doing Sunday then? Uh, yeah, we can do. Yeah, we'll ha- if we want to do something afterwards. It'll have to be Sunday, un- unfortunately, yeah. but it'll have to be Sunday. So yeah. yeah, and then so yeah, and 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 I know we've also talked. We have some plans for the next few weeks, and when we officially lock those down. Uh, we will announce them. I do know that we are we are definitely going to try to do a watch party for one of the first two games in November. Yeah. The whole game, not just a half. We're going to try to do a whole game. Whole game. Yes. And, yeah, we just got to figure out. Just got to figure out which. And game. then just so the members know, I guess we can tell them, Josh. Depending on when the Illinois game is, we're we're thinking of for either one or both shows. If we do both shows, we are probably going to do one weekend where we let the public in for kind of a free weekend so there's going to be a lot of uh, one of these weekends i'm just warning you there'll be ever it'll be a bigger crowd in here and not just the exclusive one but we do want to have people like see what it is uh once again so yes the commoners will be in just just for like two <laughs> shows I'm, i love it i love we already have we already have sort of a club elitism here mm-hmm. uh but yeah, yeah just uh, peasants to, nice Travis yeah, just, is, oh, yeah, go ahead. 
I was just gonna say because you know we put out we put out most of the pods. You know, if we if we have a normal weekend, we put out th- you know two of the three that we record. We don't put out the Saturday morning for for the quote unquote peasants, if you will. Uh, but we put out the other stuff. But it's always, of course, it's not time sensitive, so they hear it the next day or even days later. This would allow them to see everything as it unfolds again. Because the last like. time we did it totally open, I believe, was the Saturday morning coffee show before Northwestern. So and we've never got a chance to do a Saturday morning, you know, with with games in the rear view, and we've certainly not had a chance to do a Saturday night show. And that first Saturday night show was pretty crazy. Or so, since we had the show know. stage thing. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. Oh, that, and that's a great point. Yeah, back then we were doing it all on video. So this would uh, <laughs> just just to. To let them see what it is and and uh, and maybe pick up. A Dave's few killing me. Whoa! This reminds me of when Bushwood Country Club was opened up. To <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the member public tournament. <laughs> awesome. All right. Anything yeah. else? Anything else we nope. need for the back on listeners? back on Saturday? Get your coffee mugs, everybody, right. and I'll be uh, enjoying mine on Saturday morning. Can't Josh, wait. we might as well throw this podcast up before the you know, maybe I don't know what you th- what is today Tuesday Wednesday. Uh, yeah. You can throw this up for the public, maybe Friday morning or something. Can yep. you do that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Put yeah, it up Friday morning. Sure. So if you're listening on the pod um, and you want to do the next one live before we go free, uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash IAD club and you can spend Saturday morning with us. And then as uh, who said it here earlier uh, on this, uh, let's see, who was it? Uh, one of you said, uh, yeah, if they win, we're just going to turn on Big Red. Yeah, Travis said, just stream Big Red Overreaction and let people go nuts in the chat. That's what I'm going to do. If they Hell win. yeah. So. Hell yeah. All right. Goodbye, podcast listeners. Have a good one. Bye.